you can you can justify your price easily with a with a with a brand that matches the value that that you position yourself at. My guest today is Narin Jones. He's a brand expert running his own brand agency and he has worked with some smaller startups and bigger internationally known companies. If you are wondering what title to give yourself or you need help on how to present yourself, then in this podcast we are talking about the importance of having a good title and the steps you need to do to get there. Uh, Narin Jones, uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm saying your name correctly. <laughs> That's not too bad. Anayuin, it's pretty hard. Anayuin. Yeah. Nai is the easier. Okay. So. <laughs> so, you run your own business. You have worked with mm-hmm. uh, a lot of companies, smaller, bigger, like the British filming uh, industry, uh, Unilever Food Solutions. And recently, you also made yeah. a lot of designs for the PS5 controller. And we're going to talk about all of those, but let's start with you uh, telling us who you are, what's your title, what you do. Okay, so my name's Anirin Jones, or um, Nye for short. Um, I am a brand strategist and designer, and I run my own branding agency um, just outside of London. And I've been in the business for about six, seven years, and that's it. That's, that's, that's me in a, in a small nutshell. I suppose um, I, I my focus is on um, uh, businesses who are uh, either pioneers or disruptors in their industries, though that's any type of business that's um, a, like a startup or tech um, that's trying to um, move society forward in some way, whether it's social or um, technological. Um, so yeah, that's that, that's pretty much pretty much it. I love that you. Um... You find the perfect way to present yourself um, to who you are talking to, with who you are working with. But yeah, I, I guess we're gonna talk more about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. The first thing I'm always asking everyone in this podcast is, uh, what's your distance from your destination? Meaning, what is your goal right now, and how far you think you are to get there? Well, I think I, I've mentioned it to you before. Um, that I'm not, I don't settle very easily. Like I, I think I'd use the analogy, I'm, there's a ladder. I start at the bottom and I'm constantly climbing up every rung of the ladder. There's a different, um, different group of businesses depending on this scale or whatever. And, you know, I've worked with those businesses at that point in time, maybe that year, maybe that year and a half, and then I move on. My prices go up. I have a slightly different focus. So I don't really I don't really have any like set destination of, hey, I want to be the director of this company. But I think I want to, I just, I, I think I just want to sort of get to uh, a level where I'm, um, I suppose recognized for my expertise outside of the smaller market that I'm in or whatever I happen to be at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So I 
I don't really have a final destination, if you like. It's just a continuing, I just see it as a continuing process. So awesome. I am, um, I'm, I suppose I'm relatively early because, you know, uh, um, you know, I'm only, you know, about 30. You know, there are people who've been doing it for a lot, lot longer. To say I'm high on the ladder is, is a, you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just at the early part of my career more than anything. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a destination in mind, just onwards and upwards, I guess. Mm -hmm. Great, because this podcast is about the, the journey, not so much. <laughs> um, already done that yeah exactly. you already it's done all that. About it's the more like how you are planning to get there uh any goals for this year so you you said that you're doing like smaller steps so what's the step maybe for this year um for this year it's a lot of going to be on linkedin i think mm -hmm. that linkedin is going to be a major part of my puzzle this year and um i want to do um produce a lot more content um and and explore ideas i like to think and 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 write and um and and learn a lot of information and that's sort of part of my own self development and i think it's just be interesting to share that process or that journey with people because it not only not only helps them but will also sort of you know, show off my own sort of expertise as well. Um, so LinkedIn is a, is definitely a tool that I, I've valued but underused. Um, so that would be a focus for this year. And my portfolio, I think I mentioned this before, I'm particularly bad for... Be, be, with the onwards and upwards approach, I'm never satisfied with my work from a year ago. At the time mm -hmm. I produced it, I'm always very happy and always really proud of it. I'm like, this is the best work I've produced. And then later I go, this is trash. Not happy with this. It's not mm -hmm. going to my portfolio. So my portfolio is always very light. That's so what great. I'd like to do <laughs> is have... It yeah, it's, 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 your it's like a mix. Yeah, exactly. There, there, is, there is like evolution to that. Um, which is good, um, but also means that sometimes your work can be a bit on the lighter side. Mm -hmm. And I would like to do more. I have a few big brand concept projects in mind. Obviously, it'd be nice to add some of the larger pieces of work that I'm doing to that portfolio as well. Um, but the, I suppose the realities of design are sometimes a bit more constrained than a concept project. Like a concept project, there is no limit to what you can add in because the client has no budget because there's no client. So you can do whatever you want. It's just a show-off piece. So portfolio pieces like that work really well on Behance and obviously show your range. So I've got a few concept projects in mind. I'd like to add those this year as well so yeah awesome great <laughs> they might they, they, um, they, they, they might too they might two sort of personal development things for this year anyway awesome um i want to go back to your title how do you present yourself how do you how you personally end up with 
this uh, this one, what you have right now? Yeah. Okay, so um, I think when I started, so a little bit of my backstory, I guess, is I started in marketing um, and I was involved in like audience development. It was mostly a statistics role, um, but I ended up taking on more design work and basically became like the in-house graphic designer. And after that, I went into um, comms and I was sort of your general digital dog's body, I suppose. I did graphic design, I did web, I did video, I did photography, I did whatever. Um, and then when I freelanced, um, I started as a graphic designer. And as time went on, and I started interacting, my experience um, freelancing um, evolved. Um, and I started interacting more with um, businesses, networking or whatever. I, I realized that the, the the graphic designer is just a very, it's such a broad catch-all term. It's worthless when you're introducing yourself to someone. So um, I would get asked, who do you work for as a graphic designer? I got asked, so you're a freelancer as a graphic designer. I got asked, oh, you're part of a printing company or what what does that even mean? So all sorts of different questions. Um, and and also saying to a company, if a company says, oh, what is a graphic designer? And well, what is it? It's like so broad. How do you describe what a graphic designer does that, that has value? Because if you say, hey, I'm a graphic designer, I can make a business card or a flyer. It's like, well, you know, I have a printer that does that. So why do I need you? Well, I can be a web, I can build websites. Well, so you're a web designer then. So, you know, it's how you, how you describe what you do and the title you give has quite a big influence of someone's perception of you. And as time went on and I started to focus more on building logos and creating websites, they were the main two pieces of my, of my work. So, you know, I, that's you sort of end up saying, well, I sort of, I'm a graphic designer. I sort of build, I do logos and I do websites. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. That's the sort of, you, you, you explain your focus. Um, but over time, it became apparent to me that the, that a brand was the more, like their, their brand was the most important part of their business. And the work I was doing was adding into that brand. Mm -hmm. So, that there was a purpose behind the design work that I should be doing. And so as I started to have a more of an interest in branding, because before it was just logos and, you know, we just do logo, but it's basically you're just making an icon. It's not a brand. There was a big difference. Um, so as my focus became more on branding, um, I started to use the term branding specialist which is, again, a very broad, generic, catch-all term for anyone that sort of specializes in some way or focuses some way on branding. Um, but, that, but, it, it, but it had more of a, an impact when meeting 
potential clients in networking. You go and say, oh, what do you do? And you say, well, I'm a branding specialist. They, they, they lean forward. They say, oh, I've got a brand. And I don't really understand what brand is, but I've got one. So you obviously specialize in that maybe I can ask you questions or whatever. There's much more of an interest. You also move away from being um, someone that is paid to produce the work that is asked of them as a graphic designer to being paid to provide insight and knowledge as a more of a consultant. So the brand specialist was more of a consultant style role. Um, and it attracted that that type of um, interest, if you like, from the sort of from business owners or, or whatever, that they they valued your insight more because you portray yourself as a more of a consultant or an expert. Um, and then, more of a time, I started getting understanding of of, of strategy and. Um, I was always particularly analytical as well, not partic- not just creative, but specifically analytical. And as some, since design has a purpose, and um, the most important piece of the the creative aspect of a company is their brand, then it would make sense that to define the strategy and the purpose for the brand before you make any design decisions is valuable. And that should be, that was a natural shift for me to go towards strategy and to understand strategy. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously said, as I said, still early in my career. So early in the strategic realm as well, but I'd also didn't want to just become a strategist. I didn't just want to go, Oh, I'm brand strategist now because for me, it's, it's interconnected at least at this point, maybe, maybe, you know, 10 years down the line, I don't have the ability to design anything because I just have too much other work and then strategy might be my focus or whatever, but I like the big picture. I like to be involved in the creative process. I like to collaborate with other designers and I've, because I've done so much broad array of um, design things when I was coming up as a freelancer, I'm, 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 I, can, I can jump in and out of whatever part of the project I need to be involved in and add my creativity to that. But I enjoy the the strategic thinking side, the the interaction, close interaction with clients, um, and understanding their business. So, the so that that's why I kept the designer part, but also added in the strategy. I wanted to say, if this is my focus, it's a bit more than just a generic specialist i have a some understanding of strategy but it's also like it's also at this point there's like it's the two sides of the coin it's strategy and design and if you want to work with me that's the process you go through you go through strategy and then you go through the design phase Mm -hmm. so okay 
yeah it's a little bit of the sort of evolution it's a little bit of the um be a bit more specific with your role um as you and you're talking to someone it's mm-hmm. it sounds interesting impressive because you don't come across that many people who term themselves like that especially yeah. in general networking so um, yeah for me and, yeah I, i'm still um when people ask what i'm do i'm a graphic designer <laughs> so my title is still yeah. a graphic designer and I think it doesn't represent me anymore, but I use it just because it's easier. So hopefully after this yeah. call, I'm gonna yeah exactly change, after this change call, my take. Think of something, and I think that's sort of um, it's 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 not actually easy. I I, know I said that this is how I evolve my title, but it's not certainly not easy for anyone to pick a title that represents them in the creative mm-hmm. field if they were if they were broad spec if they were a generalist if they're a specialist and they like um you're an illustrator or you're a typographer now sometimes they do term themselves like quite broadly they i've come across people that say you know i'm a typographer and logo designer and this and that and you think okay if you just said i'm a typographer you do great you do really really stunning typography work just call yourself a typographer and that's it Mm-hmm. like you will get a lot more interest and you'll be much more successful that way and the same with an illustrator um when you have so many things that you do and a part of and maybe maybe it's more common for people who are moving to more um managerial sort of like they bring on other people or that other people work with them or for them then you know maybe that pays to be more of a generalist at times and so mm-hmm. it's like an evolutionary process of you go from a graphic designer to managing other designers mm-hmm. um because you do you do a lot of different things so picking yeah. like but like i know you you're you're big into video but calling yourself a videographer probably wouldn't do you justice um so yeah um, we have to brainstorm <laughs> i mean what what would you what would you think what would your um what would your if you were to give yourself a list of titles that could be applied to you what would you what would be your list <laughs> um so yeah graphic designer uh i'm doing videos um i'm also doing like illustrations from time to time I had the project right now with illustration um which I won't put in my title uh I'm doing web designs <laughs> so it's a lot of things um branding and I'm also managing other people I think because I'm trying to have a different team every time I have um a different project so uh it's a lot of things to combine <laughs> yeah a lot of hats So I I I suppose it's not that um what I should say is that my advice is not that you discard those things those other titles it's just the title that you wear in public that's mm-hmm. what I think of it I think when you go to um when you go to meet and I go to a networking event and I talk to someone and and uh, I say look I I'm this is why I am I'm a strategist and 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 designer brand strategist and designer and they're like okay that 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 means I'm just 
do that like i specialize in strategy and then design whatever design is design is sort of broad and vague it probably mm-hmm. to them interprets as um logo or general advice around branding but you know i do websites i'm a photographer mm-hmm. things like that they've got lots of little hats that i i don't wear they're just sort of on the side but that doesn't that doesn't stop me from doing that type of work for the client it just means that it's not the work that it's also the hat you want to wear to public is the one that you want to get the most work with. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you call yourself an illustrator, you really want to be getting a lot of illustration work. If you don't like illustration work, then don't call yourself an illustrator because it's yeah. not, you're going to get, you're going to get work. Um, you're going to get work based on how you present yourself, the title that you use, um, and sort of, I suppose, the history of work that you've produced to a certain extent. I suppose mm-hmm. that make it that's just affirmation. It makes it easier um, yeah. when you have work that backs up your title. But that's you don't necessarily need that. Um, yeah, I was thinking that um, I was thinking that I need to convey all those things in one sentence. Uh, but maybe I just yeah. need to pick uh, what I want to work more with and just go with this one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that you you went through a lot of titles. You worked different kind of um, industries. You have a degree in um, in environmental um, science. Uh, you yep, went through it. marketing and uh, this graphic design, photography, filmmaking, and archaeology. And yeah, and a mechanic. So you had a lot yeah. of different jobs. A lot of different jobs. What was the yeah. most fun? Because some of them are really interesting to me. <laughs> I enjoyed marketing. It wasn't. It wasn't. That it wasn't for me. There were parts of it that weren't for me. Like, I've done. Um, I've gone around, put up signs, like billboards. That, that fell under marketing, like the dog's body working marketing of handing out flyers in the street. That that's not a fun job, it's, <laughs> but it's one of those, that's one of those jobs that you sort of just do. Um, it's uh, the design side was fun, but there's a lot of like strange sort of small, busy work and, and a lot of analytical stuff. It's very much about, like marketing is very much about numbers, volume of visitors, clicks, views, whatever. It's statistics and improving those statistics and like looking at pushing stuff on social media and producing content. Um, and that's fine. I th- but it wasn't, it wasn't exciting enough for me. Um, the archaeology thing was actually quite fun. Um, I only did it for a month or two months. So it's like a placement. This one, yeah. What were you doing on this one? Well, <laughs> I was like, I, I was like a teenager, and so I wasn't heavily involved in anything too exciting. But oh, okay. we did like I tagged along to a bunch of um, archaeological archaeological digs. So they did some digs in the local area uh, where they were excavating. Um, I don't know if it was Roman stuff or um, or just older, like early 
like like 500 600 years ago in the sort of medieval mm-hmm. stuff i'm not entirely sure i can't remember it's been a while since i thought about that um <laughs> but there's like there's like little things like you would have um you basically get a bucket of, of 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 full of bits like shards of pottery and you just clean them up and assemble and try and assemble them and see how the pieces attach so they could be professionally done so i basically lay out all these pieces and try and like like a jigsaw puzzle oh, okay. try and like piece them together <laughs> so that it was it was sort of fun and uh, you know, the people there were were relaxed and they they very enthused to have me involved in in looking and showing what they were doing um there's also a lot of like digging trenches and manual labor. So, you know, it's yeah. uh, had a, like a mix to it. Yeah. Um, Cause in my mind, it's like, um, dinosaur fossils and. <laughs> oh yeah. That would be great. That would be great. No, there's no, no, no dinosaur bones or anything like that. Yeah. Um, mummies or anything like that. No, nothing too exciting. <laughs> Just pottery and dirt. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you also work as a mechanic. Yeah. You were working with like big uh, expensive cars like Bentley and Bugatti and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was, did you um, drive so... any of those? <laughs> no, no. I got I got to be driven in a one or two. Um oh, okay. again that's when five I was very young. So I I must have been fourteen, fifteen, fourteen maybe. I can't remember how old I was exactly. Okay. But basically I worked at this um uh, a specialist restoration company for really old cars, the classic cars. Mm-hmm. So um, they were Alvis cars. I don't know if you ever come across Alvis. They're really old, old, no. like mm-hmm. early nine, early nineteen hundred sort of brand. Um, they don't really, they're not really around anymore. Um, but their cars are. Some of the cars are worth a lot of money. I think one of the cars they had there was one point two million or something worth oh, okay. and these are serious cars and they had a few um old fashioned i think they had a really old aston martin there and a really old jaguar so it was fun to be around those cars and see them done up and it was a very it was a very specialist process and you know they were obviously incredibly incredibly talented and really well and really skilled this it wasn't just a normal shop um and I and I and I got to be involved, and they 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 you know they showed me you know basic stuff, but it was very much like um, cleaning up and preparing panels and bodywork and and changing you know electrics mm-hmm. and oils and all sorts of other bits and pieces. It was quite involved. It was a it was a it was a fun experience anyway, but yeah. not not my not my calling, <laughs> not my calling. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm going to um, I want to ask you again about. Know finding your title, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, what's the importance of having a title? Like, is does it play? Does it really matters nowadays? I suppose your title is arbitrary. It's literally just how you present yourself to someone else, and mm-hmm. in a, in a succinct way. So, if you would have a conversation, say, "Oh, what do you do?" I think it it helps to have a title that's more specific 
or the ability to explain what you do in some sort of succinct way. Sometimes having a title helps that, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it could, some people, with that they work for a company, what they'll do is they'll tell you what the company does, not necessarily what they do. They'll just say, I, I am the senior management or manager of than this company, and this is what this mm. company does. Mm -hmm. So I suppose for a creative, maybe it's, um, maybe what we do is more fun. And, 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 we, and, and, and in that sense, we need to explain a little bit more of what we do. Um, because also because sometimes it's very broad, maybe you can say, if you just say you're a graphic designer, it doesn't really mean anything, but also if you're a freelancer, saying what you do and giving yourself a title also explains your business where mm. you know with your if you're i am the ceo of this company or whatever sometimes mm. they don't even need to say or some people sometimes say i work at coke or whatever coca-cola mm -hmm. and they're like that that you know what coca-cola is so therefore you don't need to sort of explain you don't feel the need to explain the business or the role that much but you know I work in marketing at Coke. Maybe that's the thing. Um, but for someone who's independent or um, I think more so and in someone who's independent, the, the title matters a lot more. When you go into um, in agency, in, in the industry and you work in house or in an agency, your title can be really generic, like junior designer, midweight, senior, tick, tick, tick. That's yeah. it. Like, it's yeah. so generic, it doesn't mean anything. Also, you get given quite a lot of broad range of work. Like, it's not, it's not something you need to worry about. And also, when you're going to meet people, there's a difference in the aim of the conversation. Mm -hmm. If I meet you at a networking, I'm saying, oh, I'm a senior graphic designer at this agency they go oh okay hi that's nice to meet you. i'm a senior graphic designer at this agency oh okay yeah. great you got any work on moment yeah okay great and that's it nothing exciting mm -hmm. so just general conversation if you're a ceo of a company and i want to work with your company i'm not going to say yeah i'm a senior graphic designer of this you know this agency that's not going to it's not going to have the same effect because i want to tell this person that I'm an in someone interesting that they want to know that they need mm -hmm. to pay attention to that, that does work that will benefit their business. Um, so the title and how you present yourself and how you communicate, you know, just like branding, it, it's, it's important how you, how you, you, you the perception that you provide someone. Yeah. Um, people perceive you completely different. Yeah. And, like and, it's the, I suppose it's the, the, that's the crossover with the whole personal branding thing you see a lot of. It's, it's basically that. It's basically mm -hmm. ideas of presenting yourself in, in the right way, just like a brand, how you present yourself when you build a brand. Um, mm -hmm. You present your company to a client or customer. You present yourself to a potential client as an individual. Um, I hate the term personal branding, but yeah whatever that's 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 what it is uh yeah i think you mentioned it before uh but it also helps you involve like you will get completely different clients if you're just a graphic designer than being a yeah. brand strategist so 
yeah your I think business it also is changing yeah Involved. yeah it, it it influences the type of work that you get but it also influences you know how much you can charge as simple mm -hmm. as that it's i suppose it's it's positioning yourself in the industry at different price points at different expertise different levels whatever you want to call it if you're a logo designer you know i suppose it's like you can think of it as like if you if you build a logo or build a brand you go graphic designer maybe logo designer then branding expert or whatever you want to call it um maybe then creative director of a, of x agency or whatever um mm -hmm. so it can go up and depend and obviously creative director is a bit of a funny name we'll we can get onto that later if you want but um <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't really mean anything <laughs> but as unless you're unless you're attached to a certain agency mm -hmm. um so i wouldn't use the creative director to describe you self if you're an independent designer but yeah for sure mm -hmm. i would certainly think about what your price point is and how what what are people looking for in that price point what do you do that you want to do more of and then what's the right word or or title to give yourself that describes what you do at that price point. It starts getting more complicated, but you know, I mean, it's, um, are you, if you're, you're not just a graphic designer, you're a web web developer or web specialist or whatever, front end web mm -hmm. designer. You know? Yeah. Um, what you shouldn't call yourself. What not to call? What um, don't call yourself a creative what's to director. avoid? <laughs> yes, creative director. I think creative director is probably the most overused outside of a graphic designer. I think creative director is overused for the opposite, the opposite problem. Like I can, I also I get it as well. Um, I came across when I started out in the industry. I was definitely a what do I call myself? I have no idea what do I call myself because I didn't really understand the design industry that much. Um, I literally jumped in from marketing and I was mostly freelancing as a photographer in the early days. Um, so I didn't really know what to call myself and I came across a really good article. Um, I've always remembered the article. It was basically called something like... Um, it was basically like what how to call you what what to title yourself and um it sort of said tell people what you do don't give like a generic mean nothing title you need to say what you are so that's why i called myself a graphic designer because i'm a graphic designer so i'm just gonna call myself a graphic designer mm -hmm. obviously over time I, I realized that that's not quite helpful to be so broad but you know, keeping keeping that in mind of giving yourself a title that reflects the work that you do. Brand strategist, brand designer makes sense. It's specific. It's um, it's very much the work that I do. But it's not it's not a it's not a fluffy mean nothing title. Creative director is a is a very very specific title. In agency in-house it's a very specific title it means a very specific thing but it's used by freelancers who want to who like 
they're independent, they own their own business or they own their own work, they might consider themselves a business. So they call themselves a creative director, but it doesn't like the work of creative director is a very, it's like, it's very specific. Like you might be a creative director if you have like a bunch of employees that work, you've got your own, you built your own agency, it's your own thing. You know, you have people that work underneath you, you project manage everything and you meet and organize, you basically run the show and you organize mm-hmm. constantly with the clients. Um, you know, if you're independent, even if you bring people in to your, and, and project manage them, I'd still be hesitant to call myself a creative director. Okay. Um, I, I, don't, I don't personally use or think of using the title. I th- it's almost a, I almost think of it like very much an in-house sort of role. Mm-hmm. Um, like an art director, like technically I, I can do art direction. Like if you project manage an entire, like art direction is basically just managing the big picture vision of a, of a project and having other people follow that vision and, and you manage them. If that makes sense, that's sort of the role. I mean, it's, it's a bit more complicated than that, but as a general, a general generalizing. So if you've done some sort of art direction, you can, you can call yourself an art director, same with the creative director. Are they really, they sort of, they sort of broad mean nothing terms, especially if you're, um, if you're an independent, I think, mm-hmm. I think it makes more sense to, to give yourself a bit more of a specific specialist term and a focus on the work or the type of work that you want to do. So creative director doesn't actually give you any, doesn't say that you specialize in web design or branding or anything particular. It just, it could be anything. And also if someone says, Oh, you're a creative director. I mean, the idea is that it's, it, it portrays that you're the owner of a business. I think that's why it's used so much is that it's my own business because as a graphic designer, you get asked who you work for quite a lot. So the other extreme is to call yourself the owner of a business, like founder, um, CEO of independent, uh, or creative director is all sorts of like overused terms for business owner. Um, and it makes sense that, sense that you'd use that if, if you feel like it's your own business, you want to be proud of that. But conveying that to someone, it's, it's better to have like a more specific title that you can explain what you do other than... Mm-hmm. I, I like would think exactly order. the opposite. If someone presents themselves as a creative director, I will ask them in which company they work, <laughs> actually. Oh, so, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, but yeah, as the main tip I'm keeping that you shouldn't um, call yourself something you're not, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's, call, it's calling something that, that, that you aspire to be, that you can do, that you do, but not that is dishonest in some way. Like, you, like try and be truthful to who you are and what you, and what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Creative Director also, has, I think, has a... Out like in the freelance pool, I th- has a little bit of a strange reputation. For if someone put if someone sent me a CV and said they were a creative director, my, I would raise my eyebrows. 
unless they have like listed down a, a proper agency that I, that I recognize. Um, mm. Like, and it's the same with, like I came across um, a, a guy who had a really, really long resume of like amazing list of like companies he's worked for. I was like, wow, look at that. Amazing. But he only worked at them for like a month. Um, and it, and that was the minimum amount like on LinkedIn that you could like have on your LinkedIn. So it could be, you could work there for a day or two days or whatever, okay. or you basically freelanced in with a, as a project, but you've been involved in, it's like mm. adding clients, I suppose the same of what involvement do you have with the clients that you've got on your list? And you sort of, and you, and everyone makes their own judgment. Do we add in, you know, I, I, I went onto this big project for whoever. And all I did was I, I, I did the editing of one of the photos for the CEO or whatever. I edited a photo yeah. for the guy and I have suddenly part of a big branding project. Is that client like, like how, like you juggle whether you want to put that in your CV, yes or no. Mm-hmm. If it's a big brand and you get you a bit of attention, then you you can do it. Sure. As 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 time goes on, you add to it. I suppose those those ones should drop off as you've got ones to replace it. I suppose it depends on the stage of your career you're in, whether you mm-hmm. add something that you have a lot of involvement with or less involvement with. Um, this guy had a lot of a lot of very high profile clients and a lot of and a few very high profile companies or agencies that he worked with, but the agencies were all like listed a month. So they were contract based um, and probably freelance based. And the clients were probably with those agencies and the involvement is, is, is vague. It's like, what did you do in that for those? So it'd been better if he'd listed, I'm a freelancer. These are the companies I work with. These are the projects I've worked on. This is what I did mm-hmm. like that to me would be more representative of him and make me and, and, and probably give me a better opinion, if that makes sense, than than sort than than the question mark. If I have a question mark, I'm less it's more of a it's a negative. If there's a question mark, it's a negative. It's not a positive. So transparency is good. And I think that with a creative director title, it always leaves a question mark unless you're attached to a, comp- a certain agency. Mm-hmm. So when you have, when you give, when you say, Hey, I'm a creative director, I have more questions, but if you tell me that you do something, you know, I'm an illustrator or whatever, I have less questions. I have more enthusiasm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just too harsh on people who create creative directors, <laughs> but, but yeah, you, you know, I, there's a, yeah, I get triggered, get triggered by this term. Yeah. <laughs> Unnecessarily, but no, it's, I think it's, um, I think creative director is a perfectly good title, but it means a very specific thing. And when it's used broadly, I, th- I have more questions than than anything. Anything else that you shouldn't do? Uh, not as a specific title, maybe more like a tip. Like when I'm trying to find the title for myself, um, what should I? do or not do <laughs> i would i definitely repeat the um bit of focus on the work that you want to do more of mm-hmm. that would be the, the the main thing like i enjoy doing web design 
I don't adore doing web design. I'd much rather do strategy and and building building around brands and branding. Um, so I don't use web designer to describe myself to anyone. Yeah. But if so, someone asks for a website, I can help them with the website. That's no problem. Yeah. But um, so you don't do use the, your main title as uh, what you're doing right now, but what you want to do in the future. Yeah, you, you can you can you can you can angle your title to to do the work um, that you want to do. So even if you haven't done a lot of it for clients, uh, even if you do say, hey, I, I want to suddenly become whatever, maybe you want to become a brand strategist mm -hmm. and you've never done anything with strategy or you don't know anything about strategy, I'd start with finding and learning as much about the the um, the area of specialism as possible, um, finding experts that you can listen to and understand what they're saying and start trying to, like you can give away the first few strategy sessions for free, try and get experience. Strategy sessions, I think, if you've, if you've had any consult consultation or done any consultancy uh, with businesses around advice for their brand in any way, shape or form, then strategy is, is an evolution. You've, you've sort of already done a lot of it. Like there's an element of strategy, which is uh, the core strategy is just sitting down with someone and discussing mm -hmm. their brand. It's you can run strategy in a very like ordered way that you get results from it that you can get who you can understand who their users are, this sort of attributes they attribute to their brand or whatever. And you can go mm -hmm. into like detail. That's, that's, that's the crux of strategy, but at the very heart of it, it's a simple conversation between you and the owner or the, the people who are involved at the top of the business. So the, I so if you've run some sort of consultation, it's just a sort of step up from that. So if you want to do strategy, and and you've done consultation or you've not done any branding consultation like try and do that try and do more get more experience in that alongside and once you've got a little bit even if you've not charged really charged for it you've got experience to say this is what i do and call yourself that and and go after go after that title i would say give yourself a little bit of experience before you title yourself because you might not like it <laughs> and it's better to do it for low risk than mm -hmm. to like put yourself out there as something and and have the the that pressure of first time and then for a proper paying client mm -hmm. but that's but you know you're welcome to to, to do that if you if you're ballsy yeah but <laughs> yeah do you have any in mind any step by step how to uh find okay. your title like Maybe an ex exercise that someone that is watching this or listening to this like can can do by himself. You you can make a list of all mm -hmm. the things that you do. So I can build I can build websites. I'm a, I can do photography. I can I can shoot video, and then you can you can list them all down. All the things that you can possibly you can possibly do. If someone asks and gives you money on the table, says, "Can you shoot a video for us?" Yes, I can shoot a video for you. And then you put it in the category of, am I really good at that? Mm -hmm. mm, maybe not. 
am I okay at it? Am I good at it? Am I really good at it? And then do I, you can put, you can separate them into columns of, I enjoy it. I don't really enjoy it. So if you're not really good and you don't enjoy it, then that's just get rid of it. You can put an X through that. And I would probably even say that unless you get, uh, you get in money from it, unless it, it's like spreading yourself too thin, the more, mm-hmm. the more jobs you've got in your list, the more, more the thinner you get spread between those jobs, especially if you try and advertise them all. That's something else I've you know, learned over time. I started off with a full like list of here's all of the things that I can do and these are the prices for them, mm. the set prices, and then that got removed. I didn't have any set prices, but I left the list still. Um, I was like, I'm going to everything's bespoke, so I'll try and quote it based on what you need and and that that didn't work out well either and and the more I cut out them the cleaner everything became and if someone comes to me and says hey I, I look I want want to rebrand and we want posters and and business cards and other things with it like small add-ons then yeah I'm like yeah that's that's fine you just add them in to the to the full project cost they 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 like tiny on the side. We don't need to worry about them too much. I don't need to have them itemized. I don't need to even know what they sort of cost. I can just sort of put them into my into the full project. Um. And 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 cleaning cleaning up the number of things that you do to just the core of of what you're really good at, what you really enjoy, and they might be they might be random. You might have I'm a, you might say high on website. Um, and video and illustration and mm-hmm. you know I suppose it's you can sort of work out from either a monetary, monetary point of view what where you make the most money and then say oh, I'm a web developer because you know web website work took 80 gave me 80% of my income last year or 60% of my income or whatever or mm-hmm. I want to do even more with video than I currently do now. So I'm going to push myself as a videographer. Well, maybe you can separate the two and you have like a a professional videographer as a separate business, like, Mm -hmm. and then just say, I'm a web developer. So you have two businesses. It, it sort of depends on you and your situation. You can technically Mm -hmm. separate them out or you can keep them in, or you can just pick one. Um, So, as an exercise, I would just list everything, get rid of the stuff that you don't enjoy doing or because if someone says, I want to, I want to pay 50 pounds for a business card to do business cards. You know, like, having this conversation is a waste of my time. <laughs> it's going to, going to, the conversation is worth more than, you know, what you're going to charge me. I'm, I'm going to charge you. So I'm not going to bother doing it. So yeah. I don't know how you don't have those conversations anymore because don't, people don't come to you for business cards. If that makes sense. Yep. So if some things are low value, like you can get rid of them and keep them in the back of mind as like add-ons, they become add-ons. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got a big branding project and you need business cards for all of your, you know, your, your staff. That's just an add-on. It's fine. Or we can even just include it because it's worth, not that much, but it adds value to the project. Um, 
so yeah if you if you want to mm-hmm. try helping with with giving yourself a title i would i would start with with um yeah. cutting down on the things that you provide okay and <laughs> and go from there sounds good the list that you mentioned like what you do what you love doing um what you're making money maybe of it reminds me of uh, yeah. ikigai uh yeah exactly yeah so for those who don't know everyone's what obsessed everyone's yeah, obsessed it's with ikigai trending. it's funny because i i came across it a quite a long time ago and mm-hmm. now everyone's there's so much like look at it's it's taken it's similar to like branding like the term branding is like a big exciting term everyone just uses branding whether they're in the design industry or not um like marketing or business coaches use brand, the term branding all the time and they use they I've seen them use ikigai quite a lot as well yeah and that's sort of quite, it's funny to me but um yeah, yeah. Uh, what, for those that is, don't know what ikigai is if you want to explain yeah, yeah. go on no you can do it <laughs> so i remember it's the japanese it's a japanese word two words actually and basically it means um uh, it's the purpose of your life uh, if, what um what is the purpose of you? Oh, no, wait, I cannot remember. Yes, exactly it's sort of like, it's sort of like, names, what's your but... purpose in life? It's your, the thing you're passionate, do do something that you're passionate about. Um, yeah. that, that your that brings, that's, it's like work related. It brings you, you're successful and brings you money and also benefits the world in some way. I think that's yeah. three. You say it is perfect. So like combining all it's of like, it's like, it's like Ca- work, hobby and, and philanthropy. It's the thing <laughs> that, and if you can combine all those three into one job, then that's your ikigai. That's your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Should you use that to find your title? <laughs> Should I use this? <laughs> yeah. You might find, you might you find might. that it, it's, it's like you need a completely different job change <laughs> and suddenly you'll be working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> working in something else from a completely different industry um yeah you can you can you can use that if if, if mm-hmm. that helps um there's a lot of interesting videos on ikigai yeah and i want to ask you because you said that also branding it's quite trending and yeah i see a lot of people using that um yeah. should you actually use brand in your title anymore <laughs> or is it like should i be yeah. a brand something or it's yeah. like so much uh overused that it doesn't make any yeah. sense yeah that's a good it's a good question i don't i don't know is the answer to that to be honest <laughs> um i think that like brand strategist is also becoming more and more popular and i don't know whether that's because um it's just like an evolution of the industry that that we now start looking at strategy for businesses i mean like it's been around forever if you think about it but mm-hmm. maybe maybe it's also the accessibility of information that has now led people to be more interested in strategy mm-hmm. um i think it's very hard to to it's very hard to do brand strategy i will say though because the price point that you need in order to, to do brand strategy, you sort of need to pay for charge for it. And you're not going to provide brand strategy at a lower price point. That's not, it's just, it's just not possible. I mean, you could, but you're not going to make any money doing that. 
um, and and also the businesses that are at that price point are just not going to need a lot of brand strategy. I mm. think strategy is valuable for businesses and branding is valuable for businesses, but only to a certain point. And if they're, if they're a small business, then uh, trying to tell them that you know their branding and 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 talking to their users and and their customers and and their potential audience and building a strategy for their brand um it's like financially is not just not viable i think at at a certain mm-hmm. point so you may need to need to work with at least a certain size company to provide strategy efficiently yeah and charge for it on its own merit what what will be more um viable for a small business instead of getting spend their budget on brand strategy Ideal, ideally, a, a, a small business will put money into their brand and their marketing. That's the sort of ideal scenario. Um, the reality is that a small business needs exposure more. Like It's a double-edged sword. For branding makes your business look attractive and sets the price point that you can position your business at. So you can charge more if you've got a good, if you've got a better brand. That's the, that's the theory at least. Um, or you can position your, you can, you can justify your price easily with a, with a, with a brand that matches the value that, that you position yourself at. Um, for marketing, it's more about just sheer volume. Ideally, you, you'd probably say the process should be get a brand that that at least does you some justice, that's not terrible, that's sort of like make do, put money into your marketing to get exposure, reinvest that marketing money, reinvest that money into your brand to develop it, and then continue with pushing marketing and getting more and more exposure. That's the sort of, that would be the ideal cycle. Reality is that most businesses will put spend as little money on their brand as possible, get a logo and website as cheap as possible, and then they'll put the money into marketing themselves. And that will get that will provide them a return and they'll just continue putting money into their marketing. Um mm-hmm. and some business and sometimes that's it that's that sometimes that's that's it for business and then they become successful by reputation or by by whatever and their brand isn't as a isn't that big of a factor so strategy certainly doesn't come into it um but they will probably spend money on business coaches and there's an element of business development and stuff like that 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 strategy crosses over with um but it's not specifically brand strategy so there are there are things that are specific to brand strategy um that they won't touch on their business um so it's very difficult to to say but the value so there's certainly far more value in um for small businesses at least a perception of value in for small businesses with marketing even though technically branding could give them more success and i think there are certainly examples where branding is a necessity so 
if a business has a product and they want to shift their business to a new price point, but their brand is exactly the same and then well known, it's like, how do you then justify charging the new price? Because people have the people have set their perception. If you suddenly look much better and look like a more luxury product, then people, then you can justify that price. You can even go over that price. Right. So it's a completely, so branding will play a very important role in the, in justifying your value. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it will either, it will either justify your value or it will hold your, it will suppress your value and hold you back. Um, so it also, it also has a, also like cycles into marketing. Like if you have, if you have a good brand, then you're, it's like hit rate. If you've got a really bad brand, then you need more volume to get a mm-hmm. high number of people that are interested in you. And if you've got a, 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 an excellent brand, then you don't, you probably get more success with the same number of, you get more hits with the same number of, with the same volume, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, Double-edged sword. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, I also know that you're a lot into games, uh, <laughs> yeah, gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. What's your favorite one? <laughs> My favorite game. I have a lot. I, I really like the old, uh, uh, the old classic games, mm-hmm. um, like the original Deus Ex and the original Fallout. Um, and maybe I don't. Maybe I don't really know why. Maybe it's nostalgia factor that I really like those mm-hmm. old games. Yeah. Maybe it's um, <laughs> maybe it's just there's something like of, of a simplicity or the um, the honesty of them. Um, that it was like for like maybe it was just like as an art form, very passion focused. Rather now it's more of a there's a, it's a, a much more of a business. Like the games industry is definitely a juggernaut nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. And they still and there's still loads of games that are like stunning pieces of art on their own merit. Mm. Um, uh, and there's a lot of new games that I really enjoy. Um, yeah. But they, they, I think there's something special about the, the some of the early some of the games that I played as a child um, that I enjoyed, even though the graphics are terrible. I can still go back and play them now. And, <laughs> And and this I, I don't know there's something about it that doesn't it doesn't even feel like it doesn't feel clunky or or um, or worse it has a it has a art style that mm-hmm. you know it creates sprites yeah um, I get that and, with Age of Empires too I think <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah I like Age of for Empires for me too. I like, because I, I was playing it was the first game I was playing in my. Mm. computer so it's uh, nostalgia for sure i preferred age of empires <laughs> one personally i don't know if it, i think it was the setting i like the greek setting i think more. i never played that one so yeah that, that's why <laughs> oh, Probably, I see, I, no I mean, age of empires one was my favorite two. um okay. yeah uh, like the original diablo uh, um the original fallout original deus mm-hmm. ex um i even like the, I remember the original need, need for Speed, like that was. Oh I, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was loads exactly. of like, and also like really strange, quirky games that that were sort of like very much mm-hmm. in the '90s. That style that just if they came out now they wouldn't do well at all, but they were fun <laughs> at the time, like arcadey. Um, 
I have that nostalgia. I've been you know playing and around games forever, so I have a nostalgia thing with it, and it's an engaging form of entertainment. But the quality that is just from a technological point of view and an acting point of view and a writing point of view, it's just, it's up there now. Um, and I, it would give, it has the, it can have the writing, the quality of like a, a, an excellent book, like a, a saga, and it has <laughs> the visual spectacle of a movie and some of the more, the great acting moments of a really intimate or, a well-written drama, TV drama, um, mm. and you get sort of the best of everything with a with it, with some of the modern games, and um, yeah. it has its own little quirks, um, and some things in the industry are, are aren't that great, like any industry, but um, it's a it's uh, certainly a, a, an industry I have a lot of fondness for, mm-hmm. um, and it's an industry where branding is a particularly is a bit is a is a strange it has its own little there's lots of little things it has its own little rules and um how like how branding and and how the corporate structure works is um is sort of different to a lot of other industries i think mm-hmm. um yeah so, i know that you you're seeing games in a completely different way you have created um a lot of designs lately for uh, the PS5 yeah. controller. And... Yeah, as a, as, a, as a concept, as a concept before anyone gets too excited. Yeah, and I... <laughs> but I'm seeing your Instagram and it looks like, at least for me, I'm not sure if you're doing that, but for me, it's like uh, kind of an experiment. <laughs> yes. And you're seeing what's working and what not. And I don't know how so, you're going to use that, but yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know how I'm going to use it either. Well, I, I decided I wanted to, um, well, the new controller of the PS5, I thought, well, I'd be interested to see how it would look. Um, just, 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 just as simple as a different color. And, and someone created a mock-up and I came across. I was like, oh, well, I'll just experiment and play around. And with the, with Instagram, I don't really use Instagram that much. So I decided I've got all these assets. I'm just going to like chuck it up on my Instagram and post super regularly, um, schedule them to be posted super regularly and just sort of see in terms of posting times using similar hashtags, what what the sort of data I can get from it as as, mm-hmm. as a curiosity without any stress on whether it gets any likes or whatever mm-hmm so yeah. yeah curious to see what's what will be the end result and <laughs> yeah because because uh, a lot of them how you are, can use because they're, mm-hmm. they're like sometimes they're lots of variations of the same design and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of difference between them so sometimes it could be five black controllers in a row but they all have very different likes like some of them will get like next to none and some will get loads so it's so interesting so we are almost in the end uh, where yeah. people can find you. I suppose they can find me on Instagram. And <laughs> I win uh, designs is the, uh, I think I'm also available on um, my yeah, website. I will have in the Yeah, uh, it will be the description. Um, What's the best uh, way to reach you out? Is it Instagram? Um, yeah, I'm available to be messaged on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I connect with people on LinkedIn as well. You might even find me 
on there, all my Behance as well. Basically all the stuff, as I say, interconnected website, go wherever. Yeah. 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 Great. Um, another thing that I do with everyone in the end is ask them like three fast questions. Uh, okay. You can answer fast. Uh, yeah, okay. The first thing that pops in your mind and then expand on that, or you can answer slow. It's it's up to you. Okay. <laughs> it's All fast right. questions. So, yeah. Uh, the first one is uh, which is your favorite book? Okay, I, I'll do two. I, you know, I I've, I've been reading a lot um, the work related books more recently. Um, mm -hmm. I did um, Martin Neumeier, who's obviously a brand strategist, well known brand strategist. Um, I read all, most of his books, I read three of them last year. Um, I found uh, Zag was a, a great book for anyone who's interested in brand strategy. Um, mm -hmm. I would recommend, I actually recommend Brand Flip more so than Zag, but Zag is my, definitely my favorite of his three books that I've read. Um, so I'd recommend that. From a uh, sort of like a fantasy, like a fiction point of view, mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of um, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep," which is I um, that, so, yeah. it's the book that inspired or was um, inspired Blade Runner. Oh, okay. So it's then actually I need to read it. <laughs> yes, it's a really it's a really strange book. Uh, it has it. It's you've seen if you're a big fan of. The, film Blade Runner. I'm a big fan mm -hmm. of Blade Runner. Um, yeah. And uh, the book is somewhat parallel to the film. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of the film. I mean, there's a lot of the book in the film, but it's not mm. quite the same. They've taken a lot of artistic license with it, but it's, um, it basically starts about the fact that this guy, um, Deckard, is the main character he has a, a, an electric sheep and to have um to have a real animal at that point was was like as almost like a, as a luxury and um it was almost like a status symbol to have a real animal and he had a real sheep and then that sheep died so he didn't want to lose the status symbol so he basically got an electric one and um and and he keeps thinking about this electric sheep and it's like a motif that goes through the book. It's very good. Okay. Okay. I'm going to have again, all the links in the description for anyone that wants to check out the books. Um, great. Um, which is the person that, um, is that you admire the most? I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. And he, I know he's, he's a little bit of a, um, of a meme or a big popular icon at the moment he gets a lot more attention um but i like i like his sort of approach to i suppose his purpose if you like his ikigai the sort of mm -hmm. building humanity forward to the future whatever it is in 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 any number of different um different businesses that he's got and he's also very he seems very hands-on like gets involved with the engineers and stuff at the at spacex obviously a completely complete genius uh very interesting guy um and just 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 for the sort of the things that he does separate from his personality he's someone that i'm and and it's also the types of businesses that he has as the sort of 
type of businesses in that in that future focused building for something else building disrupting the industry or creating innovation is certainly the, the types of companies that i'm drawn to and the types of areas that i'm a lot that i'm interested in so he's a he's an obvious fit for me i think great love elon musk so you know yeah. <laughs> and the final one is um uh, one thing you wish you knew when you were starting your career when i started in design i didn't really know anything at all so and it took a, and it was very much a falling forward sort of uh, sort of development i would learn as i was going and definitely um i don't know uh, I, it's almost i also learn a lot by doing so knowing the information sometimes like you you know that you should do certain things and have certain things in place like contracts and all these other things but you don't really know until someone screws you over and you go oh i wish i had this in place or i wish i did this differently so you learn by your experiences and you can um one thing i would have done or i would say to someone who's starting out obviously it depends on what how you've come into the industry and depends on your background um if you come from a design school you graduate you've got a portfolio you know that portfolio is super super important it gives you that leg up in the early part of your career um and but you might find that you know you you're not you might not get a job as a junior you might struggle to get the junior designer position well partly because the industry like requires a lot to get a junior position nowadays um and i would focus on i would have tried to get as much ambitious work even if you provide it for free or whatever to get yourself experience and put yourself in positions that allow you to try um to push your expertise like develop your expertise um build a port- build your portfolio i think having that in the early part of your career is very important i would have so but looking back i would have said i would have liked to have done more work more larger projects for free i provided stuff for free and worked alongside um and then as i as i start i started paying side charging for things so it sort of built from i provide work for free and then i started charging really i could have done with finding people to be involved with even like concept projects networking and finding people to get to know is important building relationships building connections early on um cuz o- over time you find that i i i've gradually built more connections as i've gone on and paid charge more as i've gone on if i made an effort to make those connections early on it would have paid, the ripple effect would have paid off sooner 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, and having worked on a la- more larger projects, even if they were free, um, to get that experience of, oh, this is what a proper branding project looks like. Not, this is what I did for a logo, and then I'm doing something a bit more, and then a bit more, and then a bit more, and then I'm adding, and suddenly that, that, that um, service is mutating naturally. Having the experience of jumping and saying, okay, this is sort of where I need to be gives you a bit more clarity. So Mm. doing like putting yourself in positions to do work that gives you either, either work for a a client that you're doing to get experience or um, concept work, linking in with other creatives, building a network of people that you, um, that you know, but also businesses um, getting involved in networking in general, I think, is important, especially if you're a freelancer. Um, but uh, just in general, because you get to meet people from different types of industries, and you have that, you can build your confidence in a in a client sort of facing um, position that a lot of people probably don't. Well, like as I think as creatives, most creatives are sort of slightly introverted, so they don't really like the big social. They don't like like the stage that much. They're much more relaxed, just doing their own thing. Um, putting yourself in that position is not. It's actually not that scary. Um, you get used to it quite quickly, but it's good to meet all these people and learn what they do. Um, put yourself and you know building relationships with people um, is obviously important for not only, you know, having the business opportunities, but just in general um, for the opportunities they provide further down the line. So all sorts, there's loads of little stuff, but I think that just generally um, you can, you can, you can fast track your development by putting yourself in positions that deal with clients or potential clients in a uh, personal way and building more ambitious projects, even if they have stuff you work on on the side early on. Um, both of those are, are good, uh, I think, good tips. Awesome, man. <laughs> Great. Um... Well, what, 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 would, what, would you, what, would, what would your answer be to number three? Hmm. Probably, yeah. Um, to start earlier, doing things uh, way earlier than I'm doing, <laughs> mm. and being a little bit ahead of what I'm now. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, having the experience that I got through the years, like a little bit earlier. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those um, sort of catch twenty two. I feel like in our industry, you almost need to, it's almost like a set path. If you, for a freelancer, if you get, if you get lucky enough to go into an agency as a junior and then you settle and you become a midway or whatever, and you, and you just ascend the ranks when you're in-house, once you've got into an agency position and you stay there, um, 
you you can sort of observe the process if you like of what how the standard should be and all this mm-hmm. other stuff and it, it basically can file fast track to you but the downside of that is that you have no direct or depend on the agency but very limited direct connection with the company and the client that you're working with mm-hmm. um that's really that not might or not, might not always be the case but as a freelancer you have no choice it's you and you're going to talk to whatever company or person that you're working with so you get very different experiences being in an agency position and being in a freelance position um and i think if you don't have other people other designers that you can ask questions of and say okay well how do you do branding what am i missing what can i develop and what what can i add to my service um if you don't have that then it's very much trial and error and evolving over time um and that that's also fine and that's certainly been more my my experience um if you come from an agency then you might have understood the the principles of what you want to be producing um as sort of just then trying to work out how you're going to do that and whether you're going to be able to do that at your price point or experience level or whatever so um yeah it's uh i suppose everyone's everyone's different but i think a lot of freelancers experience the same sort of issues and uh, and, and um they all have memories of a time where they they quoted way too low or they had to pitch and compete with people or they did work for free and then they got ripped off or they did work for that was like I should charge mm-hmm. so much more money for this project. There's like we all have those those moments and I think they are sort of just part of the process that you sort of almost have to go through those moments um yeah. to build the experience. Um and not just to um uh, know that you should have like contracts and stuff in place but to understand why because you have the experience that oh i don't want to have this again i don't want to go through this again um yeah so it's sort of just like that that's great man <laughs> i think this is great to close this podcast on yeah uh, with this team sounds good uh thank you for being my guest and so thank you for having me yeah <laughs> we, talk, we, we, talk, we talk all the time anyway so yeah. it's, 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 it's nice to finally sit down and do a proper full podcast although sometimes i think that some of our conversations go on longer than a podcast so <laughs> that's true so yeah. yeah that was the first trial uh to film it in a I know better quality maybe <laughs> yeah yeah But, normally yeah. normally we just have like zoom calls and that's then that's that's it but now we've got cameras and everything set up so yeah yeah hopefully the quality hopefully you've not got too much editing work <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah.